Welcome to Especially Organized, Sensible Solutions for Special Needs Moms, the podcast for all those busy moms out there who, like me, take care of kids who have a little something extra, and in the midst of all that extra, want to lead a more organized and present life. Whether your child has medical complexities, an intellectual disability, or neurodiversity, I am here for you. My name is Angela O'Brien, and I'm the parent of a 19-year-old daughter with Down syndrome. I know what it's like to have too much overwhelm and too little time when you're trying to manage all the pressures and responsibilities that come with a special needs child. Using my experience and skills as a professional organizer, each week I will bring information and encouragement to help you move through your clutter and reclaim what you deserve. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm glad you're here. I am super excited to introduce my guest for today. I met Elle Sanglang, the therapeutic organizer on Instagram, believe it or not. I follow quite a few professional organizers online. We always share ideas and I think we all follow each other. And she and I somehow connected. Uh, She has a son who has autism. We started chatting. And I knew I had to have her on here because she has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to organizing for people with autism. She is an ADHD specialist and a member of the Institute of Challenging Disorganization. She also has her master's of science in occupational therapy. She actually is a, an occupational therapist and works in subacute facilities and hospitals caring for acute neurologic and orthopedic patients. That's her main part-time job. And then she does the therapeutic organizer kind of on the side. She's built that up over the last couple of years. Growing up, she was always tidy, but it wasn't until um, six years ago when her 15-year-old was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. He also has ADHD and anxiety. And so she really started uh, figuring out what she needed to do to help him uh, to develop systems, to be more functional in the home. And she got a lot of her information from Cassandra Arson's Clutterbug series. I don't know if you all follow her. If you don't, I'll put her in the show notes. I really love her. I watched so many of her videos when I was just starting out. She's a wonderful resource. She talks a lot about different organizing styles because we all have different organizing styles. And Elle and I go into that a little bit here. So I would love for you to take a listen especially if you have someone with autism or any sensory issues, there are some things that you can do to understand their organizing style and how it might be different than yours and then move forward with that. So I hope that you will um, enjoy this episode with Elle. And just FYI, the audio is not my favorite. Um, It was kind of new for us both to be on Zoom together. And um, I'm still working out the kinks with understanding all this technology. So I apologize for the audio. It's not where I want it to be, but we're going to get there. So um, I hope that you enjoy this and um, let me know what you think of it. Well, Elle, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you. 
Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I told the listeners a little bit about you, but I would love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and your special needs child. Okay. Um, well, my hubby and I, we've been married for about 20, let's see, 28 years in July. Um, we weren't able to have kids until 13 years into our marriage. So, you know, we went through IVF. I did follicle shots in my belly. And then we sadly had two miscarriages. So I like slid into this deep depression. I was like angry at God. I finally let go. I said, okay, God, I decide I'll be happy with or without a baby. And so we stopped trying to live in houses with good school districts in the suburbs. And instead we moved to a condo in downtown Milwaukee. So we'd go out drinking with our friends on the weekends because I hadn't had alcohol for a while, just in case I got pregnant. I basically just stopped worrying so much and just lived my life. And we were looking into some, doing some traveling. And then out of the blue, I got pregnant, good old fashioned way. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, so Ian was, he was a colicky baby. He would just cry with loud noises. You know, for example, when I vacuumed, he would like practically scream. So we ended up buying a Roomba that we would run at night when he was asleep. Um, I noticed that he loved looking at things that spun, like ceiling fans and a gear toy that he loved. And then he'd just stare at it. He'd line up his toys by color and size. So he wasn't talking much by age three. And he showed what the speech therapist told us was echolalia, which is he would basically repeat what was said to him. So needless to say, he would have many tantrums because he didn't have the words to express himself or his needs. And when he was in 4K, he had a IEP, which is a individualized education plan and he continued to keep the speech therapist and an early education teacher was also involved helping him with his social skills and then my husband he got um a great job opportunity but it involved us moving to the philippines so we moved there with my mother-in-law and we lived there for four years and ian and his little sister remy she was born by then they were only two and five years old at the time so he went to a large Catholic school there in the Philippines and they didn't provide IEPs. So he did well in school, but he didn't have many friends. Mm -hmm. So his sister was like basically his best friend. And um, we took him to a neuropsychologist over there and we got set up with an OT, an occupational therapist, to come out to the house to work with him. And eventually, he loved to read, and his language skills improved so much to the point he was like memorizing stories and reciting them like word for word. So we noticed that he was having, he was ex expressing and showing kind of like these gifted skills, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, then we moved back to the U.S. when he was nine, and we underwent a very thorough neuropsychological assessment at Children's Hospital in Wisconsin. And that's when he was diagnosed with Asperger's, which is a term that's really no longer kind of used. It's it's not in the, what do you call that? The DSM-5, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual right. of Mental Disorders. Um, the major difference is that Asperger's, that sets Asperger's apart from classic autism is that, you know, people with Asperger's tend to show milder symptoms of autism and they have strong language skills. And Ian doesn't really need a lot of day-to-day -day support. I mean, and, and 
usually aspirin is also get diagnosed later in life. So anyway, um, he went to a Catholic grade school and he was observed and tested by the school district, but he didn't qualify or have any therapy needs is what they said. So the school- Even with the diagnosis, he didn't qualify? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I don't know if I just didn't fight enough for it or what, but I think mm. maybe because it was a Catholic school and not a public school, they weren't, I don't know. I think that might've been part of it. But they did provide some accommodations um, for him, such as like sitting up in front of the class, um, using a desk fan, you know, the ones for your feet were due to ADHD. And they let him wear a fidget spinner ring and use fidget spinners. Okay. Um, but middle school is really hard for him because he found it like really difficult to regulate his emotions. And he'd kind of get into disagreements with classmates, mm. especially when it came to politics. <laughs> so he felt like ostracized and his anxiety got so bad that we decided to transfer him and his sister to a different Catholic school that was a little more progressive and diverse and accepting. So um, all throughout middle school, he actually attended many social skills groups and theater team meetups through the Autism Association of Southeast Wisconsin. So, He's now a ninth grader at a Catholic high school and he's really thriving. Um, That's awesome. He tells us that he feels like he's going through a glow up stage. And um, his friends have similar interests. He's found people like his tribe, you know. They enjoy going to basketball games, hanging out at Dunkin' Donuts and Target, which is like walking distance from school. And he even asked the girl for homecoming and had a great time with her friend group. And he's involved in sports, theater, plays the piano, bass guitar, and he's consistently on the high honor roll with like a 3.9 GPA was the last, was the re most recent one. So he's interested um, in military tactic, online games, board games, history, geometry, and we're just like super proud of how far he's come. Oh, definitely. That sounds awesome. I mean, he really is in his glow up stage with everything that he's doing right now and yeah. succeeding. That's fantastic. And usually freshman year is a tough year, right? For our, our kiddos, yeah, just every, exactly. all of our kiddos. Yeah. So that's awesome. I'm so that's happy. How I was really surprised. Surprised how he embraced it. He just went for it. That's just, just great. Just involving himself. Yeah. So. Yeah. We so pushing to go into track. Um, he's in track now, and so we kind of, kind of pushed him to go into it. And at first, he hated it, but now he loves it. So. Oh, that's great. That's good. Well, mm -hmm. you are also a professional organizer like me. So tell me, how mm -hmm. did you become a professional organizer, and was it was it in any way related to your kids, or like what experiences led you to become a professional organizer? You see, when Ian was diagnosed, um, it was like crucial for us to have a routine schedule. You know, I've always been kind of an uh, organized person, but it went into overdrive with Ian's diagnosis. So I felt the need to provide, you know, as much routine and ease in our home life as possible for him. And I came across Cassandra Arson on YouTube. She's the creator of Clutterbug. Yes, and I love her. Watched. <laughs> I basically did watch all of her videos, you know, about organizing. And I just love her fun personality, her energy, her ideas. 
and her belief that there's really no one way to organize. Um, I learned what my clutterbug style is and started to implement her system into our home and our schedule. And our family just experienced a, like a profound change in our mood, like our atmosphere, our well-being. Um, we felt like the peaceful benefits of a decluttered space, a simplified schedule, and it's just much easier to tidy up now because everything has a designated home. So then I took her course and I became a certified organizational specialist. That is awesome. I just love her too. I follow so much of her stuff. Is that's awesome. And I want mm-hmm. I, I want to get to the different organizing styles because I'd love to have you explain them to our listeners. But before we do that, you I I can't remember. I know we've chatted about this, but do you work with other families of kids with neurodiversity or or special needs, or do you generalize? Like what what is your clientele like? Well, on my website, um, I put that I specialize in helping busy parents in general, but especially those with neurodivergent kids, okay. you know, to help them create like a workable schedule and an environment that's peaceful, less stressful. Um, and also, as you know, I'm an occupational therapist. So another niche I'm committed to helping are older adults during like life transitions and downsizing. Um as well as those that have like a physical dysfunction or they're recovering from an injury. Because as an OT, I'm trained to like teach and incorporate uh, fall prevention and body mechanics to kind of optimize people's health and well-being, especially to create like a safer home environment. Yes, and organizing is such a big part of that. I'm sure that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So have you found that when you organize for families of neurodivergent kids is it any different than your other clients that you work with like like have you found any specific differences that you have to really be cognizant of when you are working with those families yeah there really isn't a huge difference it's just a matter of helping the the child be more comfortable in their environment you know you have to take into account their senses Mm -hmm. like some kids with autism need fewer stimuli and others thrive with more. You know, like for example, Ian loves hugs and some kids with autism hate it. You know, they don't like to be touched. Mm-hmm. So um, when you're organizing a room for a, uh, like a neurodiverse child, you may need to kind of mute noise, like with rugs or carpeting or something like that for sensory sensitivity. Whereas another child may be sensory seeking and may benefit from their room being full of like lots of color, um, shiny, sparkly organizing bins, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But there's a few other things that you need to consider too, like having the parents kind of prepare the child before before you come over. Okay. Help them understand what to expect, like create a social story or even kind of role play what will happen. Because most neurodiverse kids have like a hard time with changes in routine or like new things, new people. Also, I would say multitasking, like you don't want to do that because especially with kids that have like ADHD and anxiety, they need to have like clear expectations. Absolutely. Be more focused on like one task at a time. Right, right. And also, I think also like taking breaks to prevent overwhelm. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. For our ADHD kiddos, for sure. I know that. 
Now, do you, when you work with your families, do you work with the kids also? Like, are they with you or are they at school and, but they've been prepared knowing that you're going to be there? How does that work usually? Well, I just launched my business in July, so it'll be almost a year now, but in all that time, I really haven't (laughs) worked with kids, you know, face to face. Okay. Like, usually it's like with a mother while okay. the kids at school or something like that. So. Yeah, that's been but a lot I of my experience on, too. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. And I, I, I plan on actually um, getting on the resource directory at the, for the Autism Society so that I can get more clients that way. Um, and I'm hoping to try to find a way to get a waiver for my business because it can get pretty and when you say that will you will you explain that will you explain that a little bit more for our Mm. listeners what that is because i'm not even sure i'm familiar with that because you're right this is a pricey it's hard to Mm -hmm. um it's expensive to bring in organizers and um our community you know we're, we're, we're taking care of healthcare. You know, we got insurance claims, we got mm-hmm. equipment, we got all these other things we've got to take care of. So um, it's hard to find the extra resources to put towards organizing, but it is necessary, yeah. right? In, in a lot of cases. So to explain that for our listeners. Um, well, there's a, I think it's an association called the CL, CLPS, Children's Long-Term Care Support. And they provide things like, um, things that people need for the child to be able to, I don't know how to place it. You might have to edit that part out. <laughs> sure, that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's okay. That's quite all right. And I can even look up one. children's long-term care support and we can try and find a yeah. link so that our listeners can, you know, find that. So I'm, don't worry about that. Yeah, but you said it's called right. children's long-term care support, correct? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm trying to think of like the, the, the basic things that they um, provide, but some of it has to do with a uh, home environment. I think like housekeeping even, I think mm-hmm. um, I'll have to look it up, but there's like a, I can just see it in my mind right now. There's like a, a variety of things like respite care. Yes. Okay. Um, and like is this, that. is this state funded for you in Wisconsin? Yes. Ah, okay. All right. So I wonder what the state, yeah, I'd have to see what the state equivalent would be for some of the other states, but, um, but I'll do a little research on that and like we can, I can update, you know, update it as needed, um, to share with our listeners. Yeah, like you can just say like what what they provide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, I never even see, thought like, about that. In my head. <laughs> yeah, I've never even thought yeah. about that though. That's that's really an interesting insight into how can we get organizing help mm-hmm. to our community of p- busy parents who don't have a lot mm-hmm. of extra finances, right, or time or exactly. other resources, right? Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. that's a great point. Um, I love that. So you already mentioned this, but one of the questions I had for you, what are some of the strategies that you implemented after your son was diagnosed that helped you and your family the most? And maybe you could, you said that you um, determined your organizing style. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Um, In a nutshell, like Clutterbug, uh, Cassandra believes that there's 
our brains are unique and organize things differently. And it's dependent on if you're more of like a visual person, like out of sight, out of mind, or if you're like, you like things hidden, your items hidden, you don't want to see that clutter. Also, if you're more a detailed person or a micro organizer, you know, think of somebody like Marie Kondo, she's a classic cricket. Yeah, so she folds everything, yeah. puts it all neatly yeah. away. Yes, individually exactly. organized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if you're more of a macro organizer and you like to organize items in like bigger categories, just kind of chuck something in a bin or something, not right. have to make a little category. So there's um, also certain types of organizational bins and tools that work best with each clutter bug style. Mm -hmm. So no more buying bins and baskets that end up you know, by the wayside because they're not just working for you, ideally. She actually also has shared about her own ADHD and she understands the challenges that people struggle with. So yeah, um, I highly, highly encourage everyone to find out their organizing style because they're either a cricket, a bee, a butterfly, or a ladybug. Ladybug, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. I can go through those, but basically, it's a quick five minute quiz on her website so you can start your organizing journey like on the right foot. Yeah. And I'll put those, no. I'll put that link into the show notes so that people can go in and do get there, you know, take yeah. the quiz. Yeah. Because I have found that is so helpful for, especially for our families of kids with special needs. I have found that when we have, at least for people with Down syndrome, families of kids with Down syndrome, which I'm most mm -hmm. familiar, our kids like, things very visual, right? Right out in front of them yeah. and macro, like big bins, big, you yeah. know, big categories, right? And that may be yeah, different for labels. neurodivergent <laughs> kids. I'm sorry, say that again. With labels. Yes, with labels, labels, right, right, exactly, yes. But it can vary, mm -hmm. right, depending on our kid's diagnosis, our kid's personalities, all of those things. So exactly. um, I, I, I use her stuff all the time in my working with families, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I will link that in the show notes. But what do you, like if you have a family though that has multiple organizing styles, have you come across that mm -hmm. and had to work with them and help them figure out that? Like, what do you do when that happens? Oh yeah, completely. Like even just for my own family, I'm like a cricket, so I like things very detailed, but my kids are not about ready to like fold things Marie Kondo way, you know, and just like stack things perfectly. So most kids are butterflies, you know, like you were saying, they like, big bins and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm, um, visual. Hooks mm -hmm. and pegboards. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of become like a cricket fly because as a cricket, you have to kind of step back and kind of let go of that perfectionism and just try to help out your family that way by not expecting so much. I think that, yeah, I think that's really helpful actually. Like if we have a mom or a dad that is like wanting to be super organized and um, mm -hmm. meticulous, right? Yeah, but we have to right. adjust our style to exactly. our kids, right? And help them mm -hmm. learn, you know, learn what style they have and what's best for them and adjust exactly. to that until they're ready to get more meticulous if that ever is the case. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think that's great. Um, yeah, I love her stuff. Let's see. If you could go back in time to your former self, like when you were younger, when your kids were younger, what 
advice would you give yourself? Is there anything you would tell yourself knowing what you know now? Oh, for sure. I would have taken more time to make sure that I was doing like self-care and not just on Sundays, you know, I'm talking daily, making sure that your gas tank's full, that you're making sure that your own needs are being met. Because I think that I was more prone to yelling at my kids and losing my patience because I wasn't taking the time to take care of my own needs. You know, it's like when you're on a plane in an emergency and they tell you to put your own mask on first and then to put the mask on your child. Right. You can't help fill others' cups when yours is, you know, empty. Yeah, so, yeah. You, you know, it's harder to take care of others when you don't have much to give. So I daily have to, like now, I daily carve out time to do things like yoga, meditation, write in my journal, make time for hobbies. You know, even if it's 10 minutes, Yeah. you know. Yeah. Being something for myself. I love that. And I think that's such a great reminder because I know I've had periods of my life where like, yeah, my tank was not full at all. And it does come out sideways, right? Like when mm -hmm. we yeah. struggle and if we are not getting our, our needs met, then we're not able to meet the needs of our, our kids. Right. Yeah. And I think that we tend to just keep going and going and going on an empty tank and we, we forget and we, yeah. we disengage from our own bodies and our own thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. and just move forward, helping our kids. And yeah. we, we forget that if we can refill mm -hmm. our own tank, we can, um, yeah, help them even better. Right. So yeah, you can't lose yourself in the process. Yeah no good for anybody <laughs> yeah yeah no i think that's such a great reminder i think that's awesome well this has been awesome let's see um tell me where can people find you i want people to be able to connect with you so how can people get a hold of you yeah um well i have an instagram account facebook um and a website you can look me up under all of those just look up the therapeutic organizer and I'm also on the ICD resource directory. And ICD is the Institute of Challenging Disorganization. And that's where I obtained my um, ADHD specialist certificate. Um, and my email is l at the therapeutic organizer.com. E-L at the therapeutic organizer.com. And you can also text or call me. Um, it's 630-677-3183. Awesome. I will make sure I put all of that into the show notes and awesome. so that people can connect with you. I love, mm -hmm. you know, I follow you. I'll, obviously we follow each other on Instagram and I just yeah. love all the things that you put out there. They're just such wonderful reminders and, and a lot of self-care, like you said, and mm -hmm. just, I just, I just love what you put out there. So, um, Same. I love yeah. all the Enneagram stuff. I'm learning so much about that. Oh, good. I yes. It's so interesting. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to do a little series on the Enneagram. I might, I kind of want to. Yeah, so listeners, if you want me to let me know. So <laughs> mm -hmm. it's such a fun topic for me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's a lot, right. And so yeah. how do I call it down? But, I know. um, Part. But, but it's, I, it's very good information. I mean, it's it is. Good. And I think that it's so helpful when it comes to organizing, like the clutter bug quiz, like our organizing styles. I think different personalities mm -hmm. tend to belong in one or more of those clutter bug, you know, exactly. styles, those organizing styles. And so that just helps us. It gives us more information so that mm -hmm. we can set up systems and develop 
organizing strategies that work best right. and that will will be maintained right exactly instead of like, like muddling through it and trying to figure it out exactly yes and setting up something that may work for me but not mm -hmm. for you you know and so exactly yeah so i do i i do try to use the enneagram when i'm when i'm working with families i haven't you know i can always kind of take a little bit of a guess i'm like oh i i can i think i can see where <laughs> this one's going you know <laughs> right but you don't know for sure no you don't know you never know for sure so you have to you have to do your best but um mm -hmm. but it is it's been a helpful helpful tool yeah. in the toolbox yeah yeah as far as interpersonal relationships and growth mm -hmm. and all of that so awesome all right well my last question that i like to ask all of my guests is what are you wanting to reclaim in your life these days well um i'm in the process of kind of learning more about energy healing so i met a woman on instagram she's also a professional organizer and she's also a reiki master and she's eligible to teach in june so i set up an appointment with her her name's trista and her handle is um third eye tidy third eye tidy third um, eye tidy mm -hmm. i love it okay i'll link that yeah so i plan on learning and going through like level one and two with her and then eventually become like a master reiki teacher as well because reiki in a nutshell it's like a, it's a japanese word that loosely translates to universal life force so i got this off the internet um it's a non-invasive integrative modality that helps to facilitate a deep state of relaxation using the body's innate healing ability to restore balance and cultivate well-being. It can manage stress, promote relaxation and comfort, and the use of it is um, becoming more popular in, in hospitals. In oh, fact, I, I know a few OTs that use it in their practice, and Reiki would come in handy for me as I also work with burn patients. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's Research awesome. I guess they use it a lot with cancer too it's and you have to be reminded too that you shouldn't just replace medical care you know right with reiki or postpone seeing a provider or whatever right um, but it's just like an adjunct therapy oh interesting it's mm -hmm. it's interesting that you bring this up because my husband and i signed up to attend this um spa in Austin for a few days. It's going to be our vacation. This oh, one of our little vacations this summer, just a couple days. But mm -hmm. one of the things that the classes that I signed up for, it's like, I guess a session is a Reiki. Is that how you say it? A session? Yeah. yeah Reiki, with uh -huh. a Reiki teacher. Yeah. So oh, I'm super cool. excited about it. So that's yeah. a chance. So I will have to let you know how it goes. Yeah. I was yeah. super fascinated by it. So yeah, um, you got to let me know how it goes because I've never gone through a session and I supposedly it like helps with just regulating and taking out like negative energies. Oh, I, you know? I need that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to go and I'm very, very yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, I was going to share too. There's another thing I'm going to pursue. Um, yeah, it's a, a certificate from ICD. Um, it's an aging specialist certificate so I can better help the older adults with their downsizing because you know sometimes it's hard for people to let go of possessions especially later in life absolutely yeah keep cluttering letting go of memories attached to their items right so, that's really hard as especially mm -hmm. i think too i know some people that are going through that right now and and they're having to move to kind of downsize to like a condo with a mm -hmm. little 
little bit more support, you know, and, right. and it's hard. They're trying to declutter and there's just a mm -hmm. lot of, and get ready for that. And so they're, you know, it's not quite as exciting as, you know, moving into your dream house. Right. right. And, um, as you get a little bit older, it gets, a, yeah. yeah. And I think that's hard. And so there's a lot mm -hmm. of emotions that come along with that. I am going to yeah. check out that ICD as well, because I mm -hmm. would love to, like you said, you have your ADHD specialist. Is that correct? Right. Okay. I need yeah. to get that. <laughs> I'm going to be working on that. I need to get that. So I will check that out. I didn't realize I knew it was yeah. for like hoarding disorders and, and other chronic yeah. disorganization things. But I didn't realize they had a specialist for ADHD. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to look into that. So yeah, thank you for the tip. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Good. Well, this is so nice to yeah. talk with you today. Thank you so much. I just, like I said, I enjoy following you on, on, uh, social and hopefully mm -hmm. we get a chance to meet one of these days so um yeah you know, I, I do get up that. to i do get up to wisconsin to see my in-laws so we'll have to try and make that work at some point yes i would love that awesome awesome all right well thank you again and uh we're good to go mm -hmm.